Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. Welcome you to the program. We are in the middle of Holy Week, and it is Wednesday. I know I'm kind of dating this, even if it gets played on a—at least you'll know now if it gets played on a non-Holy Week day, it's an encore. Uh, but right now it's not. It is the it is Holy Week, and Easter is just around the corner. Uh, our resurrection services, as are so many of your church, making—and isn't it exciting because uh, this is the— <clears throat> This is the day, uh, or this is the time, I should say, when you see your church adding all kinds of services or adding capacity or being ready for more people, uh, whatever stage. You know, in the early days uh, of our church plant, we didn't add services uh, because our room could accommodate more people. Uh, So the first few years of Resurrection uh, Sunday, uh, when we only had Sunday services in the school, our our room could accommodate and expand. We could add more chairs. But then over time, you know, we had to add more services. So your church may still be in an early stage or in a stage where you have capacity in your room. And um, that's fantastic because there's always the expectation of more people because around uh, Easter, uh, more people come to church. It's just the way it is. So um, very exciting to uh, be a part of it all and to be ready, uh, and to uh, know that the, the Lord is among us and ministering to us. And the way the show works is you call me, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000, or you could text me directly at 720 720-336-0897, 720-336-0897. Nine seven. That's a twenty-four hour, seven day a week text line, and we would love to have you to be a part of today's program. Uh, wherever you're listening in online, you guys on the Radio by Grace Network, welcome. You're listening live. You guys listening on the uh, Grace FM Radio Network, you're listening live, and of course, Hope FM, Truth FM, Higher Rock Radio, other stations, and other online streams. You're listening to it one week delayed. But all that means is when you call the show, we're going to talk like you're on the phone with me. Um, You hear the show, you call in. Everyone listening live will hear you over the air, and then you'll hear yourself next week on your local station. Of course, Radio by Grace and Grace FM, you guys have to go to the podcast. We podcast this program, and it's available on our app. Just go to your app store and put in, I'm going to find out what you have to put in. Sometimes 
you have to separate Grace FM. So let me see. While we're waiting for some phone calls, I'm going to go to my Apple App Store, and I'm going to put in Grace FM separated. And it looks like there is another Grace FM. That's not us. Um, kind of a bummer. There's Radio Grace FM. That's not us. Uh, but Grace FM Colorado, that's us. So make sure you download the right app. A lot of people like to, uh, many people, because of ads, they serve ads on their on their apps, and they'll just hijack our stream. And I know that Kevin's been uh, getting them removed, uh, but download the Calvary, or excuse me, the Grace FM Colorado app, and that will get you connected. You can also download our church app, and you just put my name in, Calvary Church, or you just put in Ed Taylor, and we have the stream on that as well, and you can listen to Grace FM wherever you go. 303-690-3000 is the number. We will be in service tonight, studying back in the book of Genesis. Uh, We didn't break away this year for Holy Week, so we had regular services for Palm Sunday and We have regular services tonight, and then we'll be back Good Friday at noon, so you could take a lunch hour and come to church, Uh, and uh, it's it's always good to do that. Like, uh, we'll get you out in time to go get back to to uh, to work, Uh, and so we'll be here at noon this Friday, and then we will have Saturday service at four p.m. and six p.m., and then we'll have Sunday morning services at six forty-five. 845, 1045. Information on our church is at calvaryco.church. All right, let's head out to Jenkintown, Pennsylvania. Betty Jane is on the line. Welcome welcome to the program, Betty Jane. Thank you. Um, so um, the reason I'm calling is because I would really appreciate <clears throat> prayer. Okay. Um, I, um, I'm a hospice nurse, and it's an exhausting job right now because People just can't uh, face what they need. Um, mm. They they are angry. They uh, don't care well for themselves. I had to work with a patient who has bugs in her home today, and I, just, you know, I just, I just, I, I want to serve God in the way that He wants me to serve Him. I really be, believe He gave me this assignment, but this is really over the top, and. Okay. Um, well, let's so pray. I just need prayer and prayer for my patients. Thank you. Father, we pray for our sister, Betty Jane, and, and I know many others working in the health field, but especially in the hospice care. Uh, it's, it's a super challenging time right now. And I pray that you would give her the needed grace to serve these families and serve these patients. Um, being able to overlook or st- sidestep some of the things she has to experience, some of the things she has to hear, some of the things she has to see, um, and let her fulfill your God-given ass- her, your assignment to her, her God-given assignment to help these uh, men and women in the later stages of their life, preparing them for eternity. So God, I pray according to your word, I'm just thinking of, uh, been on my mind all day today, that I not only do I pray for grace in her life, but I also pray for endurance. You would give our sister endurance to accomplish exactly what you desire to accomplish in serving these these uh, patients. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Okay, I bye-bye. 
Bye-bye. All right, I'm going to take a call. I'm going to take a text question here. It says, can you give me some Bible verses and advice on how to counsel Christians involved in astrology and horoscopes? They don't know that it's not just harmless. Um, <clears throat> they don't realize that it's not harmless. Yeah, you know, I think that it's super important that we realize um, the difference between um, what God has put in the skies, right? The universe and the stars, the Bible says, according to Psalm 8, that the heavens are God's handiwork. He's named all the stars uh, and numbered them, Psalm 147. Um, he's even re- arranged stars into recognizable, uh, recognizable groups. Of course, scientists have discovered that already. Um, Orion, the bear, and the um, crooked serpent are all mentioned in Job uh, in Amos. And even the star group Pallades, uh, the seven stars, is mentioned. Um, but when it comes to astrology and horoscopes, now we are working in the realm of the supposed influence of the stars in a person's life or how they determine a human's destiny. And that just simply couldn't be farther from the truth. Um, you know, according to astrology, the sign you were born under kind of determines your destiny and your this, and it can even determine your destiny for the day, where the stars align, and it's just completely false. Uh, you remember it, uh, even with Daniel, um, the astrologers were powerless to interpret the king's dream in Daniel chapter 2. And according to Isaiah 47, God specifies astrologers as among those who will be burned in stubble, uh, according to Isaiah 47. So you could say that astrology is a form of divination, and it is forbidden by God. And you're right, it's not just harmless. Uh, There's very serious uh, consequences to it. Uh, It's something that we want to stay away from and and recognize and, and acknowledge that God determines our destiny and we serve him. Good good call, or good text. Thanks for texting in. Uh, taking your calls and your questions today, 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Oh, here's a quick text that just came in. I know maybe uh, 101 Bible questions, uh, person texting in says they're confused. It says, is the Joseph that was sold into the hands of the Egyptians the same Joseph which is the father to Jesus? No. They're separated by thousands of years. So just like in our day and age, people will have the same name but be from different families, uh, or people can have the same name within a certain family. For example, my name is Edward, my dad's name was Edward, and my son's name uh, who's now in the presence of Jesus' name, Edward. So we all share the same name, but we're not the same person. So no, Joseph of Genesis is not the same Joseph of the Gospels of Matthew. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. Um, we still get these texts on, on the vaccines, uh, and so there's a text of with calling the vaccine wicked and outspoken, and should we stay? Look, 
Whether you take the vaccine or not is a personal decision that you make with your health professional. And you can examine the data, um, whatever source you're getting the data from. Um, You can make a decision yes, or you can make a decision no. And you should spend your time uh, spreading the gospel and, and all the data that you're looking at and all the interpretation and all the, the information that you're studying, you should be studying the Bible so that you can use the Bible to change a person's soul. Uh, and so that would be my answer to your text. Thanks for texting in. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. We're going to go back to the phone lines, coming back to Colorado. Greg, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. How are you doing? Good, man. How are you? Oh, I'm doing all right. What's going on? Um, you know, it was a couple of weeks ago that, uh, and I, I don't remember, it may have just been a week ago now, but uh, you did have a discussion with another gentleman that had called in. He was um, in a relationship with his girlfriend at the time. Okay. Um, it sounded like they did have a child together, um, and you were more just kind of stressing the importance of them getting married um, and not continuing to live in sin. Correct. And that's, uh, you know, that's kind of been something that's been weighing heavy on my heart. I mean, that almost felt like that was kind of something I needed to hear. Um, I'm currently in a similar situation. Okay. Um, it's been going on for, at this point, it's been on and off for about nine years. Okay. Um, we do have kids together. All right. And um, I, I really kind of have it to the point where I, I don't want to continue to do that anymore. Um, yeah. You know, I, I really have presented uh, to her that, you know, this is something that we need to do or we... Uh, probably need to look at separating um, and, and not not doing this anymore if we if we cannot uh, pursue a marriage. Um, originally, that's what it was. Um, it was supposed to be that way, and um, I just wasn't really ready. And, and now I'm kind of really pushing that, and okay. uh, now it's kind of opposite. So, is, is she um, a believer? Uh, she is. Um, I, I sometimes kind of struggle with some some beliefs of, uh, of hers, okay. and knowing truly who she is. Right. Um, you would think I would know that by now, but uh, I still question a lot of a lot of things about her um, okay. that I feel I don't completely understand and know yet. Because having a child, so you know, as you're listening and recalling the the phone conversation, having a child together is not the only thing to consider. Uh, although it is a consideration, right? Because we don't want to abandon the children and make it even harder on them. But there's there's definitely a prohibition against marrying an unbeliever. Uh, and and so you wouldn't want to place the practical over the over the spiritual because it always lead to a greater disaster. So it sounds like to me that it you, you're right. You want to obey God quickly, um, and you want to be in a position where you guys are no longer sinning. And also, the you know because some people would say, well, I could just uh, I, we can just stop, and I can live in the basement, I, and she could live upstairs, and. And you know, after all these off and on nine years, you know how difficult that's going to be with um, with hormones and desires and and things that are are true for every people, especially uh, all, everyone, especially those that have already had uh, already known each other in the biblical sense. Um, and one of the reasons why you also move out is not just to to avoid that particular temptation, but also secondly, not to give an appearance of evil, according to First Thessalonians. And then thirdly, another reason that's important to move out, at least during this time, for you is to really discern if it is God's will for you guys to marry. 
and so that you're not pretending. One of the reasons you're having a hard time getting to know her, or you know, like you said, uh, and I'm I'm suggesting this. I'm not saying it absolutely. Like I I don't believe this is a word from the Lord, but I'm suggesting you consider this. One of the reasons that you really don't know her like you would want to, like you said, you would think I would know her by now, is simply because you're not married. And there is an intimacy that God created in a covenant relationship, a, a commitment that's made before God and man. And when that covenant and that commitment's not there, especially as you describe it off and on, well, you know, for self-preservation purposes, you just kind of hold things back. And you don't give the full story, and you don't really live completely uh, in, in the light, even though I'm sure you guys care for each other, and I know on the on times especially, and you, you just want to reset. You want to reset this relationship, and you want to start it, restart it in the Lord. And I suggest that you guys have those hard conversations, and you do find an alternative place to live. And then in your church, are you guys going to church right now? In your church, make an appointment with the pastoral team there, and let's start talking about your relationship. Your uh, even maybe starting if your church provides premarital training and premarital discipleship, where you guys can talk about marriage, talk about each other, and you'd be surprised what's found out and what's revealed through premarital, so that you can be in a stronger position to lead her, to be the man that God's ordained you to be, uh, and to to be available in obedience, to be more usable in God's hands. Okay. Um, the other thing that I really struggle with, um, you know, aside from the fact that that's, this is something that, you know, God wants to see happen. Sure. Um, is that I grew up in a pretty strong uh, family environment. Okay. And um, for me, it's really difficult because I want to be a part of my kids' lives Absolutely. as much as I possibly can. You bet and uh, I want to be there for them. And I feel like it's not necessarily abandoning them, but it feels like I am, um, by moving out, by not continuing to try to make this work, even though, you know, doing the same thing over and over is, is insanity um, if it's not working. Um, so what what I'm having difficulty with is, is, is removing myself from that family environment, not being a part of their life, and uh, not have that family environment that I grew up with um, and out of out of all my siblings, I would be the only one that has been really struggling with this and, and has gone through this, um, where they're not, you know, in a marriage and, and have children that you know came from a marriage, and so it's it's just a difficult situation altogether. Well, you know, let, let's consider a couple things. You know, the you have been living this way for a long time, so a temporary a temporary a, arrangement that she's on the third floor and you're in the basement could definitely be something you guys commit to for a month or so while you work out the details, um, number one. Because part of the details is, how old are your kids? So they are uh, six and three. Okay, so for at least the six-year-old, you know, well, let's, let's back up. The, let me back up a little bit. And, and I know this is going to be hard to hear, but, but you're going to need to hear it. What, you're, what you and I are talking about right now are the consequences of how this relationship has gone for nine years. That these are, unfortunately, this is what happens, what can happen when we don't start off and follow God's way. Now, of course, it could happen in any way, right? I mean, it, we, nobody's relationship is, um, 
is guaranteed um, to be perfect, um, but this is what it's. This is the consequence of the sin, and with the consequence of the sin, you know we we now have to to, to unravel all of the pain and all the difficulty, and so coming up with a plan so that you the whole end goal is for you to be a part of your kids' lives. The whole end goal is for you to be the dad you desire to be. The whole end goal is for you to be a husband the way God desires. And your current situation is is not going to, and, and I guess the ultimate end goal is to honor and please God. And that includes being a part of your kids' lives. That includes salvaging this relationship if, you're, if your girlfriend you're, is indeed a believer. And if she's not a believer, it doesn't mean you stop loving her or caring for her, but we start taking the approach of evangelizing her and revealing to her how, how important she is, how valued she is, um, how much God loves her. Um, you know, it's a radio program, right? So we're not able to deal with every single thing on the radio today, and it is quite a bit of a path, but I believe God will honor you and honor your desire to do things right. Um, it's just going to be super hard. Okay, yeah. Um, and that's, you know, that's discussions that we've kind of had on and off, and sometimes I feel like it's it's kind of kind of like beating a dead horse where we can't really get to a, a common ground um, in these discussions. And um, I've actually let her know that I would like to have another discussion tonight. Good. Um, so I'm hoping that, we will continue uh, to, to have those and, and that we can come up with some sort of resolution to where we can at least be on the same page and that we can both be uh, more following what God wants to see us do instead of, um, you know, continuing, continuing down the path that we've been, been down. But uh, it's, it's the point where it, need, it needs to go one way or the other, I think, at this point. Um, it's just it's been too long. And so it, I finally kind of feel like I have that conviction where, it needs to it needs to be a marriage or or we need to figure something out and I think that you know i I think too that you just make it like today the phone call was the next decision, and then you got some information to pray over then you're gonna have another conversation and when we're listening to radio and this is for everyone listening in um you get a little insight of what it sounds like in our office, what it sounds like when someone sits down with a pastor there's nuance and difficulty. And you you listen to the phone call as I'm as as I'm sharing like the the, the truths of God are absolute. Um, we know what God's best is. We know where you know where we're pointing, Greg. But getting there is super challenging. And you know people might be listening and go, "Well, just move out tomorrow." And yeah, well, He wants to do that, and He's going to do that. I, I don't know if it's going to be tomorrow or not. Uh, he's made the commitment not to have intimacy with his, with this woman until they get married, so that's a big step. But the kids are involved, and we want to we want to be available to serve the kids the best that we can. And we don't want to end up in court. We don't want to fight for custody. We 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 would rather want God's best, and that is a man making a decision after nine years of sinful dis, sinful uh, decisions, and. And now he's God has grabbed a hold of his heart, and he wants to honor God. He wants to honor his kids, and he wants a future with this woman. It's just super challenging. So I think everyone listening in, it's good for you to hear this because even when we're counseling, we're going to give the truth, but we're also going to give room 
um, for the Holy Spirit to really make a way where there is no way, because ultimately I, I know Greg's going to move out. I mean, that's the counsel. You already heard it from a previous call, and now the question is, okay, Lord, I really need your help because I'm ready to make this hard decision, and I really need your help because this decision is going to kick in a lot of other decisions, and I just want to trust you with my life. Is that pretty accurate, Greg? It is, yes. And um, in, and I appreciate you sharing what you share because it, um, not everybody uh, listening to this sh- program right now gets to hear. Like they might go, just tell them, move out right now, and it's so easy for them. But you know, it might be easy for me, and it might be easy for them. But it's not easy for Greg, um, and he's going to learn what it like, what it means like to trust, and it's going to learn what it, obedience look. You know, and I even shared in the church, I, I think in our Bible study this last weekend, if not this last weekend, the previous weekend, where. Um, an, uh, uh, a principle that I've adopted from the scriptures that I've, I, I really try to apply in my life is I want the consequences of obedience over the consequences of disobedience. But you say, I, I use the same word on purpose, consequences, because sometimes obedience in undoing disobedience also has its consequences. You, you know, and I think what what's really different this time is that I am actually looking at instead of you know my faults, her faults, uh, the relationship's faults, and and wanting to move past and beyond that from those alone. Um, this decision has come more from a perspective of what would God want me to be doing, and I think that's where the major difference in this decision is going to come from. Yeah. And God's going to honor that, even though it will be painful. You know, it's pain. Unfortunately, because of sin, it often sin often brings us to a decision where either decision we make is going to be painful, but it's going to be less painful choosing the route of obedience. And that's why a lot of people look at the route of obedience and all the consequences. Well, I'll just stay where I'm at because it's fine where I'm at. No, actually, what you're doing living in sin is far worse than getting out of it. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I can attest to that after nine years. <laughs> Let me pray for you. Father, I pray for Greg. I know it's a very challenging time in his life, but you brought him here, and you haven't brought him here just to drop him. You haven't brought him to this place just to, to say, well, you know, Greg, you're on your own. I hope you do well, but rather you're with him. You are in him, and so I pray for him with all the, the consternation that's stirring up in him, and, and just as you have led him to this place, I, I ask also lift up this conversation tonight. I truly pray for if his, if his girlfriend, uh, the mother of his children, is really saved, then, that, then you as Holy Spirit inside of her would just really overtake her flesh. And if she's not truly born again, that Greg's testimony, Greg's commitment, Greg's desire to, after all these years, change his ways would, would be a very effective tool of evangelism in her life that she would learn to love and respect him for totally different reasons, that there might be a future of two believers coming together and raising these children in your ways. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Hey, so so Greg, I, uh, Marie and I, we did a lot of bad things together, but one thing she wouldn't do is move in with me before we got married. Um, but we both got we both um, got married. You know, we had kid in high school, uh, unsaved, off and on relationship for many years. Uh, she wouldn't move in with me until we got married. So we got married as unbelievers. A horrible marriage, very difficult. I was a very bad man to her, um, and it wasn't good. So the three of us moved in, and then I got born again. 
And when I was born again, we started going to church. And then Marie was born again. And we just celebrated 33 years of marriage. And we raised three kids together. And so I share that with you just to say, my situation was probably far worse than yours. And God did a work. Thank you. That's, that's amazing. Um, Bless you, brother. Thank you guys for that. Keep us up to date, okay? I will. All Thank right. You. We're coming up to the end of the second half today. Thanks for joining us. This is Calvary Live. Um, looking forward to coming back on the other side of the break. 303-690-3000. Got an open line. 303-690-3000. This is Calvary Live coming to you live from Grace FM Studios. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back, everyone. Grateful that you chose to join us today. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and questions live from the Grace FM studios in Aurora, Colorado, uh, Radio by Grace, Network, Grace FM Radio Network. You guys are hearing this live. Shout out to my friends at Hope FM. I just want to let you know that Pastor Bill Lupkeman invited me once again to come out and teach at Calvary Chapel in Marlton. And once again, I was unable to accept it. But one day I'm going to get out there. I also have an open invitation uh, from Bobby Hargraves, my friend Eddie Panero out there. Uh, and I just have not been able to arrange my schedule uh, to get out there. I'm definitely not coming out in the wintertime. I'm not leaving the snow to go to more snow. Uh, but pray for me. Uh, I, have a, I also have a friend uh, that is up in, um, oh my goodness, I can't remember, in New Jersey. Uh, Jim, uh, where is Jim's church? I can't remember. Um, but I have, I've met a lot of friends. Of course, Lloyd Pulley uh, is a friend of mine in Old Bridge as well. Uh, and <clears throat> I have taught at Old Bridge before. I've also taught at the Bridge Fest uh, there in, um, I can't remember. Sorry, I've been a little under the weather, so my mind and my memory is not what it's supposed It's not as fast. Jim Kevney is my brother's name, and he's in Morristown, I think. Um, so I just want to say a shout out to you guys on Hope FM. Appreciate our relationship via the radio and abounding grace. Thanks for all your prayers and support. Uh, and the Lord is so good, so faithful. Um, and all the lines are full. So I'm going to go right back to the phone lines. We're coming back to uh, Colorado in Parker. Ed, welcome to the program. Hi, thanks, Pastor Ed, for taking my call. You're welcome. Okay, my question is this. I know... We're all sons, I mean, from Abraham's family, all his blessings come down from Abraham. And I want to know, who is it that Ishmael's family come? I mean, what are they the people of the Quran? I mean, I'm just not sure who Ishmael's family was. No, that's a great question. I think that when you, when you, when you read through the scriptures— uh, and you come back to Genesis, you know, 21, 25-ish, you see that Ishmael's descendants 
They settled in the area of Havilah to Shur, near the border of Egypt, as you go toward Asher, according to Genesis 25. And then even later on, the, the literal sons of Ishmael are named. Um, this, the area of the, the area of Havilah, ancient Havilah, would be the Arabian Peninsula. Shur would be between Beersheba and the Negev Desert in Egypt. Um, you know, you're, you're looking at the descendants of Ishmael basically became what is known today as the Arabs, which basically means nomads. Uh, and from the beginning, the descendants of Ishmael were a warlike people. And you know that today, most of the Arabian community, most of most Arabs are indeed Muslim, um, but there are Christians um, that Arab Christians that would be descendants of Ishmael uh, in the in the lineage, you know, the bloodline of Ishmael. Okay, that's yeah. I just wasn't sure if they were Muslims or what that was. But Primarily, they, they are Arabs. That there are Arabs, um, and many of the Arabs today. I, I don't know what the percentage is. It's probably ninety plus uh, are Muslim, some form of Islam. I mean, there's two popular forms. There's two popular teachings in Islam, but most Arabs are Islamic. Okay, that that answers my question. I just I wasn't sure. I just remember when they put Hagar out, that God told her that. Ishmael's family would be, I mean, he's blessed with the family. I wasn't sure of his descendants, who they were. Yeah, and, uh, you know, looking up while you're talking, I'm looking up, a, 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 according to missionary and author Kenneth Fleming, he says, and I quote, what we know for certain seems to support the theory that the Ishmaelites are, at the very least, a major element in the Arabic Arab genetic line, but old records clearly link the North Arabians with Ishmael's descendants. So there's even discussions and debates on if it's rather the entire Arabian um, race uh, or group of people or half or part, but generically or generally, um, you're looking at the Northern Arabians. Okay. And if you're trying to share the gospel with them, you need to be really careful, don't you? I looked that up at Answers to Genesis uh, you need to watch what you're doing when you're talking to them. You do. You know, there's a great resource if you're interested in sharing. If you have uh, Muslims or those that follow Islam in your life, there's a great book. I don't think it's in print anymore, but you can get a, um, a used copy. It's called Reasoning from the Scriptures with Muslims by Ron Rhodes. Um, very, very helpful. And it will save you from having to read the an English translation of the Quran as he takes major elements of the Quran uh, and and creates open-ended questions to get a Muslim thinking about their faith in context of the truth of God's Word. <clears throat> okay, I am in my truck right now. Uh, how can I get that name? It's called Reasoning from the Scriptures with Muslims. Okay, uh, that's easy enough. Yep, it's a great resource. Okay. You'll be very helpful. Oh, well, what you just told me, I mean... Because I start to be, I don't want to read the Quran. I mean, I don't have time to read the Bible as much as I'd like to. And it looks like the Quran is like just every much as detailed about it. So it'll be oh, very difficult. You know, it's it'll be a very difficult book to read. And I agree with you. I'm going to spend all that extra time reading the Word, and I'll let others that are more seasoned and experts in this give me the kind of information where I can 
have the credibility to have a discussion, but not be an expert. I'm not an expert. It's okay. I'm not an expert on the Quran. Exactly. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Okay, brother. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. Don't forget, invite someone to your resurrection services this weekend. Uh, Most people come to church when they're invited. Uh, So invite them. Invite a boss. Invite a friend. Invite a coworker. Invite a mom, dad, grandma, grandpa. Just bring them. Uh, Promise them. Bribe them. Say, come to church and we'll go to brunch afterwards or... You know, use whatever it takes to have them exposed to the gospel. Um, Invite them to your church, invite them to our church. Just invite them and let the Holy Spirit sort it out. 303-690-3000 is the number. Where are we? We're coming back again to Wheat Ridge, Colorado. Joseph, welcome to the program. Uh, Pastor, good to hear your voice. Uh, This is Joseph. I'm in Denver today. Um, Oh, okay, great. I work in Wheat Ridge. What's up? So um, the issue of abortion, I understand, you know, the Bible says thou shalt not kill. So abortion. But, you know, the Bible verse, Matthew chapter 26, verse 23 through 24 reads, uh, Jesus replied, the one who uh, dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. The Son of Man will go just as it is written about him. But woe to that man who betrays the Son of Man. It will be better for him if he had not been born. Yeah. So how do we put those, juxtapose those together? Well, you know, the way that you do that is you take each one individually first, right? You want to make sure that we're looking at at what each each statement is meaning, or what each um, statement or situation in this case, you know, that we treat abortion on its own, and we treat this statement on its own, and then, then we can compare them. So let's start with the easier one of the two. Abortion is sin, it's murder in the womb, and it's forbidden, Um, and simple as that. When it comes to what Jesus says in in looking at what has happened um, in the betrayal of Judas, can you tell me again, Matthew 26, where? Matthew chapter 26. Uh Uh-huh. Verses 23 through 24. Okay, I went too far. Okay, so Matthew 26, 23. Um, again, you have, if you want to come back to verse 20, evening had come, he sat down with the 12. I say to you, one of you will betray me. So, you know, this is a solemn time as the disciples are having to sort out, what do you mean one of you will betray me? And it says, we know it was a very difficult time because they were exceedingly sorrowful, and each of them began to question themselves, right? Lord, is it I? Is it I? And Jesus is answering that question, is it I? He who dipped his hand with me in the dish will betray me. The Son of Man indeed goes just as it was written of him, but woe to the man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been good for that man if he had not been born. And so he's not speaking about being murdered in the womb here. He's not speaking about abortion. He's speaking uh, along the lines of the betrayal is going to be so bad it's just such a heinous act. It's it's a one of a kind act, right? No one can ever duplicate this. This sin is so heinous, and it's going to have such destructive um, consequences. And it's even going to end Judas's life himself, um, as he takes his life into his own hands. That Jesus is making a statement not of the value of his life, that he's more valuable if he was. It's not a value statement. It's a factual statement. If he hadn't been born, 
he wouldn't have committed this sin. If he hadn't been born, he wouldn't spend eternity apart from God. If he hadn't been born, uh, he wouldn't have been used as the betrayer. So he's not making a value statement, as abortion is making a value statement. When we speak about our, our answering the question, is abortion okay? We do so by saying, what is God's value? What did he place upon human life? Is human life equal out of the womb and in the womb? So it's a value statement, whereas Jesus is making a factual statement uh, here about just like, man, it would have been better for him if he wasn't born. He wouldn't experience all these things. You guys wouldn't be sorrowful. It would have been it, it would have been a better scenario for him of all the pain he's going to bring to people's life, all the difficulty he's going to bring to life. But Je- what Jesus is not saying is he should have been aborted in the womb. He should have never been uh, conceived. He should have never been delivered. He's not. That's not the realm of what Jesus. You know. So I think that reason why we want to take each statement or each issue individually first is to make sure we're comparing apples to apples. Um, and both of these issues, the statement and the factual view that we have toward abortion, are really not apples to apples. They're two separate scenarios. Oh, so just like the previous call, the man asked about the uh, Arabs or you know what part of the family line are you know in terms of Abraham. Uh-huh. Some countries, you know, Arab men rape women, and those children must be forced to become Muslim. So those children would not know about Christ. Uh, I, I know they may have the opportunity to learn about Christ, but they'll be referred to learn about Islam. These women were raped. So the, the women did not want those children. They were raped. So if they decided to abort those children, that is still a sin? No, abortion is sin across the board. So whatever scenario is created, abortion doesn't change the stipulation of murder in the womb. Okay, well, one last thing. So okay. when Christ was praying in the um, garden by himself, he was saying, I don't have that Bible verse in front of me, mm-hmm. but he's saying, I'm thankful for the ones you gave me. Yes. In other words, God did not give him everybody on this earth, meaning that people that were born were not going to be his. So he already knew who belongs to him and who does not belong to him. A lot of people, you know, in these other countries just are not going to accept Christ. So... I know the abortion is wrong, but if a woman decides to do it because of a situation, it's still—I know it's not a—that's not the unforgivable sin. But sometimes, you know, these situations where, uh, I mean, these women—I'm from—my uh, dad's from Nigeria, West Africa. Yes. And I know in the northern part of Nigeria, these things go on. Yeah. So it's just— when well, I look at this situation about abortion, that is just so black and white. I don't. Well, let's back up for a second. Now that you're, as we're talking a little bit, let's back up for a second because it now it's not just a, a Bible verse question that you have, but there's also the the emotion and the difficulty of all. So let's just step back and acknowledge to everyone listening, including any of the women that may have had an abortion and any women that are considering abortion right now. Those that have had it, you might live under this great condemnation. Um, and, you know, there's there's forgiveness in Christ. And those that are looking toward an abortion, for whatever reason, we plead with you to give delivery to that child and give hope uh, for the gospel. We don't know who's saved and who's not saved, so we we hold, or who's not, we don't know who's going to be saved and who's not going to be saved. We can't say the same prayer that Jesus did, so that we have hope that God, He loves the world, and whoever will uh, turn away from Him, uh, turn away from sin and turn to him will be saved. So 
let's back up a little bit and, and also acknowledge, Joseph, that it's not a radio uh, decision, is it, when, you, when a woman is faced with this decision where she has a living child uh, conceived inside of her. And in some cases, it's a very difficult conception, as you described. Sometimes it's incestuous. Sometimes it's the uh, result of rape. Um, a lot of times the majority of abortions are because of promiscuity and um, didn't expect to get pregnant and birth control didn't. I mean, there's a lot of different reasons. So even as you and I, and we can also acknowledge to everyone listening, it's, we're two men talking about something that we're never experienced that way. Um, and I acknowledge that. I know I'll never experience it that way. Although I did experience it um, from the perspective of of looking for a free pregnancy test and my teenage girlfriend was pregnant and and they offered to us an option of abortion. I didn't know it was an abortion clinic. Um, and we, we, we made the decision together as teenagers uh, to keep our son. So I do have that perspective, but I'll never experience it as a woman. However, the importance of, of the discussion, though, is that as men of God, we're always going to point someone to God's highest ideal, even though we know it's going to be hard and challenging, and that we probably wouldn't experience it ourselves. Just because we wouldn't experience it ourselves doesn't mean that the truth isn't the truth. And even some of the really horrific cases that you describe, you personally uh, ex- uh, you know, have seen in northern Nigeria, or some of the other reasons with rape and incest that we know, doesn't, doesn't give an out to giving that child the life that it already possesses in the womb and the opportunity to be born, the opportunity to experience life, like to make the decision of how that whole child's life is going to be lived out by just simply ending it in the womb isn't, isn't entirely, um, well, it's not entirely, it's not acceptable. We don't know how the life is going to turn out. Uh, we don't know what options they're going to have. We don't know what's going to happen. We can only surmise and assume. Um, And so I would say that, yeah, in the discussion on abortion, it is hard and it is difficult. But you and I talking about exceptions, um, there really are just, they are exceptions. Um, God is the author of life, and only God can take life. Okay, well, that that answers my question. So... um... Like I say, I what, what what I have control over is myself. Like I say, I'm That's a male, right. and uh, I have the responsibility, you know, not to get somebody pregnant because um, if I'm not married, you know, or if I if I you know had a girlfriend got her pregnant, I guess it would be my responsibility to take care of that child. So I I'm only responsible for myself. I'm That's only right. one male, but just looking at this world situation, yes, I can understand why some women do it. Yeah, it's a very hard situation. And yeah, thank I you, think Pastor, you answered my question. That's okay. the truth is the truth. So life is life. Thanks, brother. Bye bye. And I think that, you know, Joseph saying I understand, I think that that would move us to helping maybe a woman that has or a young girl that's gone through this to understand God's great love for them, um, God's forgiveness and repentance and never ever ever doing it again because it has long-lasting damage it, it damages the soul it, it it can it can have the following through with the act of abortion can really really hurt a woman long term 
And I'm not just medically, emotionally, spiritually, even physically. So we have to be careful. And I think that's good in Joseph's talking. Yes, we know the truth, but we have to be careful how we deliver it. Because the the goal isn't just delivering it. And if that's the least that we can do, then we'll do it for sure. But the goal with communicating the truth is that it's also received. I wonder I wonder if you think about this. It it's also the goal is that the truth would be received, not just delivered. If it's the least that we can do to deliver it, then so be it. But the whole goal is we want to we want to build a bridge to help someone understand God's great love for them so that they would choose to follow him and surrender their life to him. Here's a text question that came in. Listening to a sermon today, I heard Pastor Skip Heitzig say John the Baptist was the last Old Testament prophet. I've never heard that before. I thought he's mentioned uh, for the first time in the New Testament. Can you please elaborate? Yes, it's an interesting teaching, isn't it? <clears throat> and it's an inter- interesting truth. Um, sounds like uh, you were listening to um, maybe I know I'm teaching through John on the radio. Maybe Pastor Skip is as well. Um, but when we, well, he could be teaching through Matthew. He could be teaching through the Gospels. Um, but when John the Baptist comes on the scene, he's the one uh, that is um, used of God to declare the herald, the messenger that declares the the birth of Jesus Christ, uh, or or the the not the birth but the messiahship of Jesus Christ he came preaching in the wilderness repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand and so you've got the end of malachi to the beginning of matthew in between those two books is 400 years of silence and then the silence is broken through the voice of john the baptist he comes as the one in the power and the strength of elijah and he comes uh declaring to us that the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world uh, is, has come. And so you're right, we first meet him in the, in the New Testament, but he is a carryover of the final messenger, uh, because remember, according to Hebrews uh, chapter 1, as we get to Hebrews chapter 1, what does it say? That God in various times and various ways spoken time past by the fathers, by the prophets, but in the last days has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things. And so once the Son arrives, there's no need for the Old Testament office of prophet anymore. Um, The messenger has arrived. His name is Jesus, and he's the final voice. So yeah, great. I love Pastor Skip. I've been studying Pastor Skip for the last 30 years. I used to get two tapes a week in the mail, two cassette tapes. I subscribed to um, The Connection, I think is what it was called back then. And and I had all those tapes in my basement, and Marie made me throw them out. However, my friend uh, in ministry, uh, Chip Lusco, who's a pastor on staff at Calvary Albuquerque, he came out and helped us set up Grace FM. Uh, he's a radio genius. He gave me a gift of all of those cassette tapes on a CD package of MP3s. And I took those MP3s and I transferred them to my phone and I listened to Pastor Skip, Pastor uh, Pastor Skip Heitzig and Pastor um, Chuck Smith 
the most. And uh, I, I've been discipled from a distance from those men, and of course my own pastor Jeff. Um, love them, love them, love them. So it's really good. So here's a text. This is really good. Um, I just wrote a blog post about this too for the people that are, that are kind of concerned or even complaining why we have sweatshirts, why we have t-shirts, why are we doing all that? And I wrote a whole blog post on it, but here's a summary in three sentences. Uh, just to let you know, uh, Pastor Ed, I was wearing my Calvary Church Missions shirt today. We just finished Missions March, and a lady stopped me and asked me about it. And she said that she's looking for a new church and said she was interested. Praise the Lord. That's the whole point. You know, in a, it's a passive way to start a conversation. Of course, you got to give the goods, right, when somebody stops you and starts talking to you, but you did. And and a little shirt that uh, we did this missionary shirt to, su- to support missions for March, and we did a bunch of stuff with our church name on it, and we're always doing stuff here, um, trying to get the word out, because it's a passive way of communicating and starting a conversation, especially for those that don't want to start a conversation or don't know how to... Um, start a conversation. Where are we? We are still in Aurora, Colorado. Doug, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. I had a question. I was reading Matthew again the other night, and um, I, I ran across where, where he's he's talking about faith, and if you have the faith of a mustard seed, I believe is how it goes. You could take the mountain and tell it to go in the water, and it would. And I had a thought that we're not really talking about you can ask for anything and uh, have a, like a blank check written for you. But we're they were he was Christ was really talking about the power of God here. Is is that maybe a better thought about that verse? One hundred percent, because we have to take. We have to take the entirety of the teaching of Jesus within the context of these individual statements. Is he is Jesus contradicting himself uh, when he says, when you pray, say, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven? And then um, when he comes to mustard seed faith, saying, oh, don't worry about the will of God, just tell God what to do and he'll do it for you. And and no, you, you, you hit it on the head. What he's dealing with the mustard seed, he's talking about the how we approach God. And he's, he's like, you know, I know that we often emphasize all of our faithlessness and, and our weakness, but look, God can, God can work in your life with just a must, that's just the smallest of seeds. Just come to him with what you have. Surrender yourself to him. Cry out to him. Ask him. Pray to him. And you know that he'll answer your prayer. He will, God answers every single prayer that you pray to him. Did you know that? Yes, yes, I'm finding it out. Yes, and and generally the answers are yes, you can have it, no, you can't have it, or wait for my answer. But every prayer that a believer prays is answered. Yes. <clears throat> okay, I, yeah, I was, it, it, just occurred to me that you couldn't be talking about, well, let's go throw some mountains in the ocean right. for a while. He doesn't you want know, you to it, rearrange it, the topography, correct? Right. So uh, anyway, well, thank you. Very good. I thought thought that might be, but anyway, thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. 303-690-3000 is the number for tomorrow, because we're out of time. Well, thanks for joining me this afternoon. We're going to be here tonight uh, at 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. You can be here in person 
or you can connect with us online or you guys on Grace FM. We broadcast our services live on the radio, so you can uh, listen to us at our live service. We just started the book of Genesis. We're in a real sweet season as a church because on Wednesdays, we're looking at the origins from God's perspective of the universe, and then on weekends, Saturday nights and Sunday, we're looking at the origins of the church. And so we're, in a, we're going back to basics as a church, and we go verse by verse. If you're not in a church that teaches the Bible, you're really missing out. Um, and I don't just mean use the Bible, mention the Bible, sometimes reference the Bible, but teaching literally from Genesis to Revelation, every word, every paragraph, every page, every chapter, verse by verse, they call it ex- expositional teaching or expository teaching, uh, and... I happen to teach expository teaching with an emphasis upon application and life change. Others are very uh, intellectual. They have emphasis on languages, and, and that's, it's beautiful how God uses us all in the body of Christ. And that's one of the great things about Christian Radio, the station you're listening to right now. There's a variety of Bible teachers that are teaching the Bible in a variety of different ways, but they all have the same gift of pastor-teacher. Isn't that cool? And that's why you like some pastors and you don't like others. You go, oh, I don't want to listen to Ed. That's okay, because there's another guy on there that's going to feed you the word. Um, and But other guys, no, I want to listen to Ed. Great, then the Lord's going to use me. But ultimately, it doesn't matter who's teaching. It's God's word that doesn't return void, and he's going to accomplish the purposes for which he sent it into your life. I'll see you guys tonight here at Calvary. Lord willing, I'll be back on the air with you tomorrow if all the equipment works. God bless you guys. Good night. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.